Dr. Norman Blumenthal is with us. We've asked him to come on because, uh, first of all, beginning of the school year, beginning of a brand new year, and everyone trying to get into somewhat of a regular routine after all these months of uh, continued COVID situation. Um, plus, it's Mansim Khosainu, yet our brothers and sisters in Israel are in complete lockdown. <laughs> My friend Shlomo Katz told me that uh, they announced on the radio no Ushpizin this year, and they were serious. They were using the word Ushpizin as if, you know, it's a, it's the word for guests. But obviously the real Ushpizin, I guess, <laughs> still can come to the sukkah, and please God. Um... And here in the U.S. and in so many other places around the world, uh, it's going to be a stranger, more unusual sukkah, just like so many of our Yom Tovim have been over the last few months. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is the um, director of Trauma, Bereavement, and Crisis Response Team at OHEL, and he joins us live via telephone. Dr. Blumenthal, Shana Tova, happy, healthy, sweet new year. A Gamar Tov to you from all of us here at JM in the AM. Thank you, and to all of you. <laughs> Appreciate that very much. You know, I think what prompted the um, uh, my request to get you on specifically this week, uh, as the school year now, again, depending on which school it is and which school system it is, has been in effect somewhere from you know a couple of weeks till maybe a month, a month and a half, depending again on how things are in different cities. Um, you know, we, we turn the page, we get to five, seven, eight, one, we get to a brand new school year. Many of us think we're literally turning a page, turning over a new leaf and getting a fresh start. And yet Dr. Blumenthal, as we try to do all that, we realize that the same COVID situation, even more of a serious one than a couple of months ago exists in our community and in the entire world. And, and unlike, mm-hmm. unlike March and April, where we understood the safety and the emergency and we, you know, we went along with it because, you know, again, it was an urgent situation. Now people are getting a little bit more tired of it. As we have this renewal, this renewal of a new year, new school year, et cetera, uh, is, is it possible for people to set aside the depressing part of the COVID situation and really get off to a good start? I don't think we set aside. I think we have to face reality. I remember in the earlier parts of my career when I worked with substance abusers, one of their lines was that drugs are for people. Who, I mean, reality is for people who can't handle drugs. Wow. Um, you know, uh, we have to deal with reality. And the reality, as you said, is that it's here, it's still here, and it's still impacting on our lives. Uh, so I don't think we can go into the new year and just make believe it was like the beginning of, of last year. But it doesn't mean that we have to be demoralized or hopeless or uh, walk around depressed. We have to face that reality, and then people have different ways of doing that and, and cope with it effectively. Well, I'll give you a, a, an interesting, I don't know if I call this a suggestion, but it's certainly something that's going through my mind. We all know that the world was closed uh, a Cholomoid Pesach, right? Everyone realized right. that there's no way that anything that resembles normalcy in terms of family get-togethers mm-hmm. and trips and visits, etc., is not going to happen. I think now, even though, again, and I don't want to minimize the current situation, we all should be adhering to the rules, we all should be extremely careful, and we know that this thing is spreading, especially in our community. But I think people are still trying to be creative. They have an entire week of Cholomoid coming up. I think people are trying to think, you know, what can I do outdoors with my family? What adventure or mm-hmm. hike can I take with them? And, and I guess that would be the healthiest way of dealing with this, right? 
Uh, sure. Well, first of all, we're, we're more used to it. It's, we don't have that shock factor. We've had a few months, and people have shared, and that's one of the things that has been, the, some of the silver linings that we've had is some of the enormous creativity, uh, which people come up with in ways of uh, socializing in a healthy way and, and having recreation in a healthy way. So I'm more at home, but I think the bigger problem is that it's almost like we had a taste of freedom. Uh, the summer, it was really... I wouldn't say it was gone, but it was much lighter, right. and many kids were able to go to camp, and we were able to have a, a summer that more closely resembles those that we've had previously. So we sort of had a taste of freedom, and now we're suddenly feeling more restricted again. It's much harder to go back to March and April than it was to sort of uh, plunge into March and April last year. Yeah. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is with us. You know, Dr. Halevi was with us yesterday from Shari Tzedek, and he said what did him in, and I think he used the expression was like a slap in the face to him, was his positivity. He really thought that, you know, we were past the the big hurdle, the way things like you just described, you know, during the summer, and that we probably wouldn't get into a very serious situation. Again, this is what he was thinking, and of course we see what's happened in Israel. I mean, our brothers and sisters are in, are in total lockdown uh, for the holiday, which is, uh, and it's one thing, the, the, the Nissan holiday season is one thing to be locked down. This, this one, of course, you know, causes, um, I think, a lot more anxiety when one is locked sure. down. So is it important to sort of, you know, play this mind game with ourselves, not to be overly positive, but to be realistic in thinking we really have no idea when this mm-hmm. is coming to an end. You know, sometimes it's hard for human beings to do that, to to program our minds to realize that we have no clue when this is going to end, and, and I have to be prepared if it's going to be many more weeks or months. Sure, sure. I mean, the, uh, our rabbi said it very succinctly in, in when they said in Simcha Kataros Asfekas that uncertainty, ambiguity, <laughs> in and of itself is stressful, and we're, it's fraught with ambiguity, this situation, even for the experts. Um, what we're recommending for people, they, they, we, we find that there are two different types of people. There's some people that just sort of flow with the punches. Some people just sort of take the attitude, deal with it when it happens. They don't plan ahead. And, and that suits their personality. They're not right or wrong. And those people really, in a way, have to reference the past. Right. They have to reference that they were able to cope with things in the past, and whatever comes up, they'll deal with it. Some people are more future-focused. Some people need to know ahead of time what they're facing. And what we're recommending for them is make believe you have, like, five, six doors in front of you that, that play out all the possible scenarios for the next few months and be prepared for each one. It's like contingency planning, like they do in the business and in the military. And uh, be ready so nothing will be really a total surprise. Whatever comes along, you've sort of prepared for it. Uh, I just think that a lot of people can get past the first hurdle and often feel they can, uh, you know, meet up to the challenge of that, you know, that first traumatic experience as the whole world has experienced. And when it comes to the second or third, it just, you know, the ability to do so just gets, you know, more and more challenging. That's all. It gets more challenging, but uh, we have a lot of fortitude. Uh, my mother, may she rest in peace, was a Holocaust survivor with a treasure trough of Yiddish sayings. You say the men should be a fair. Man's like a horse. And, uh, we, there's a lot we can cope with, and, and, and children in particular. I mean, children are remarkable in their adaptability. So I don't think we have to despair and think we're all going to have psychiatric breakdowns or just fall apart or something like that. Um, we, as human beings, and, and especially, I have to say, as Jews, with our, with our beliefs, 
we can handle a lot. And this will right. somehow or another end. No, nothing lasts forever. Yeah, I get that. But so, sometimes we find ourselves looking up to the heavens and saying, isn't it enough already? Like, like is, <laughs> hasn't, this, yeah. hasn't this been long enough? <laughs> I, I, I've, I've said that. I've looked up and said that for less uh, imposing situation. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> Dr. Norman Blumenthal with us. All right, we talk about your work with OHEL. Uh, Last time you were on, you described uh, some of the unique situations that you're getting. I I mean, you're in touch with a lot of families who are, again, I keep using the word challenging, but are going through really difficult situations. Uh, In fact, frankly, in some situations, you know, you you might surmise that the survivability of, you know, of of family harmony is, is really, really, you know, being put to the test. Um, what, what, I mean, would, would that be accurate that, you know, that be, right. be, because of the, uh, the closeness that everybody's experiencing right now and because of the mm-hmm. different lifestyle that, that families have never had, uh, that they're now experiencing, uh, I mean, the, the ability of a family to make it through and to do so in a peaceful, calm and understanding manner is, is, is more of a challenge. Absolutely. But one of the things we're saying is what was will be more. So minor irritants will become major irritants. On the other hand, uh, resilience and strength that existed before will come out all the more so as well. Or family uh, harmony will will be greater. So what I think people have to anticipate is that what has preexisted and may have been of minor proportion is now going to become a major proportion that that is relevant to problems and potential friction as well as for strengths and uh, for you know close companionship and collaboration. What do you do about the uh, economic situation? People come to you and families say that you know one of the things that's stressing them out and that's really you know playing such an important role in all this anxiety is finances. A lot yes. of a lot of people don't have jobs. We have a service here where we're literally asking people just to send us resumes on the shot that you know we can match them up with an employer or have some luck in that. Just spreading the word around. Um, and you, frankly, you know, from your position, it's, it's not like you're you're not Secretary of the Treasury where you could predict to people you know when things are going to start improving. It must put you in a really delicate situation where you want to give them the confidence that 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 will turn around, but we have no clue when it will. That's right. That's right. And it's interesting that I really believe that those who have lost jobs um, or whose businesses are now faltering, that it's not even so much the capacity to put food on the table. I think so far there's enough money around that people are, you know, are living in their homes and eating. Right. But the blow to one's self-esteem and the worry about the future and and uh, what will be you know uh, you know weddings by mitzvahs uh, providing for this providing for that is uh, sometimes more corrosive than the actual limited capacity to purchase items you have any idea what the um statistics are or can you give us a general assessment uh, a year ago you know you were dealing with x number of families through the work of ohel any idea w- where it would be at now I don't have statistics, but uh, I can say that in terms of the impression. I'm, I'm just dealing with the trauma team. I'm not involved right. with the clinics and with right. the, uh, you know, the domestic violence uh, program, et cetera. Oh, it was a very large operation. We've had our we've had our hands full, but but certainly the the. COVID-19 has dominated the trauma team. But we have other, unfortunately, we've had other situations as well. But the stress, we, we, we just did two programs 
for widows. We've run groups for, we ran, I think it's six groups for people who lost right. parents, four for adults and two for teens. It, it has really dominated the phone calls and the demands that are being placed upon us. Um, and we're learning as we go, because this is nearly unprecedented. Last time, So, you, so we're, we're learning from the seat of our pants. Last time you were on, we spoke about those unique Zoom sessions, as you just described, that you're doing with those unique groups, unfortunate unique groups yes. that are now yes, suffering. Many. i, I got to ask you a question. Um, <laughs> we all talk about quarantine. It, it's the topic of the day, obviously, because you know people are either fearing going into it or are experiencing it, frankly. Um, and... Uh, very often, the most, how do we put this, the most severe punishment for the greatest offenders in our community is solitary confinement. I'm not right. com- I'm not comparing someone's bedroom where, where food is being <laughs> delivered to them and they have an iPhone. I'm not comparing that to solitary confinement. But you can make the comparison, if you know what I mean. Uh, do, you yes. sometime, do you sometimes worry that those experiences that teenagers and others are going through for a two-week period are going to have lasting effects? Um, the lasting effects, uh, there, there will be lasting effects from this whole event, but the lasting effects can be positive as well. Even, know, we even, quarantine, from week. even from quarantine. Mm-hmm. Even from quarantine. Well, well suppose, suppose the teenager is quarantined, and suppose he thinks his world is coming apart because he's a teenager. Very normally, the peer group is their world, right. and they somehow find creative and effective ways to transcend the confinement of their four walls and connect and relate. Um, and are, uh, let's say, are even imaginative in the way in which they do it, they can have a greater understanding of what, let's say, the mind can do. Or they can become a little bit more uh, at home with themselves and right. uh, not feel so compulsive about having to be around others and appreciate that sometimes just being with yourself and thinking and reading and uh, growing, uh, you know, in terms of the understanding of life, can be important as well, and they can take that with them even when there is no quarantine. So uh, that's really what we're doing. We're mining and looking for those lessons that we can derive from the hardship. Tomorrow night, Zman Simchasenu. Tomorrow night we have an obligation to be happy, literally a biblical obligation to be happy. Do you think we could do it? So it's very challenging. In fact, we just did a webinar last night. Uh, I spoke with, along with Ramosha Weinberger. I mean, I was clearly the tuffle, um, but um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, about how to, how to do this. And I think just the very fact that we have to dedicate an evening to this, and that we had about 60 people listening, shows how challenging that will be. There were, there were many ways of, of looking at it. I think one of them, which I, I, I proposed, and I think might be, but everybody has to find their own way. First of all, use your imagination. You know, we talked about, you mentioned their Spiesen before. I don't think there's social distancing from the Ovos, from Moshe Rabbeinu. <laughs> Not for the real Spiesen, right? <laughs> right. So we maybe we'll do a Spiesen with more uh, Kavana. We'll, we'll imagine who's at our table. We'll, we'll appreciate how important family members are because they're, they're not with us. The other thing is that, you know, one way of looking at it, and this is something both Roy Weinberger and I spoke about, is uh, Hashem's telling us something. Hashem's telling us this year, I want you just with your family. I, I want you maybe alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're making that sacrifice for Hashem because that's what He wants, or, and we're going to work on deriving simcha from fewer people. Um, and so, we, again, the mind is remarkable. The mind can do all sorts of acrobatics, and we're going to have to do a lot of them 
to achieve some level of and also not beat up on ourselves if it's hard. And and if a tear rolls down our cheek when we make kiddush because we have this big sukkah with somebody empty seats, uh, we're we're human, and Hashem realizes this. So it's it's something we have to work on, but we can do it. We can we can derive a different type of simcha yeah. than we may have had previously. Look, the reality is we won't be as isolated as we were on Pesach, and I think that that is that's, that is uh, what do they call chatzinachama. That is somewhat of a comfort. That's true. Uh, that people, that's true. People, you know, it, it, th- those who. Uh, you know th- those who had to stand uh, at a window to check on their grandparents. Uh, you know on Pesach. Now this time they you know things could be a little closer, a little different. You know maybe pe- people could actually meet outside. I-, I guess we have to keep that mm-hmm. in perspective that the situation, even though it is frustrating, is improving, and that's important. Yeah, also, it is. although everybody has to consult their physician, everybody's right. health is different. Yeah, of course. Everybody's situation is unique, and just be careful. <laughs> No question about it. I, I wish you a Chag Sameach, and I will re- I will recommend to our listeners that anything we've discussed today, and obviously the services you both alluded to and spoke about directly, are available through OHEL, and people can be in direct touch with right. them and, and, and take advantage of those services. Right, and copies of the webinars, even the one we did last night, will be available through the website if people weren't able to get on and hear more in detail. Rabbi Weinberger described ways in which we can derive simcha even during these difficult times. OLfamily.org for that video and a whole bunch of other videos and plenty of information. OLfamily.org, OLfamily.org. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is Director of Trauma, Bereavement, and the Crisis Response Team uh, at OHEL. Uh, Dr. Blumenthal, thank you so much and Chag Sameach. Thank, thank you for all that you do and have a Chag Sameach. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thursday morning broadcast, more coming up at JM in the AM.